and welcome to Season 2 of Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are doing a podcast uh, about us watching British comedy, basically. Um, we did The Young Ones before this. If somehow you've gotten to listen to this episode and you didn't know that, we did 12 episodes where we watched an episode of The Young Ones each episode. People synced up their copies of The Young Ones uh, and listened to our commentary while we watched it. And then before and after, we talked some more. So we are now about to do a similar thing with another British comedy, which in this case is Blackadder. It's worth noting that Blackadder has nothing to do with the phrase Starship Podcast Warlock, but we kind of figured why change the name? We like the name, so. I mean, you know us now as Starship Podcast Warlock. Uh, there might be a warlock somewhere in the series of Blackadder. Actually, I think there might even be a starship much, well, much later a, on. <laughs> yeah, yes. If you're thinking of a certain one-off special that I'm thinking of, yes. Uh, yes. So the name spoilers. can still apply. Right. Okay, uh, so Blackadder. Uh, hopefully people have heard of Blackadder as they go into this, but if you haven't, we'll obviously be learning about it as we go, but Blackadder basically consists of four seasons. Each season takes place in a different period of history, and uh, the same named character appears in all four, uh, Blackadder. Uh, is he Edmund in all of them? Yes. Okay, I was trying to remember that. Anyway, Edmund yep. Blackadder, played by Rowan Atkinson, is in all four of them as different uh, people in his family line, I guess. So, uh, in order to kind of get started, we were going to talk a little bit about how we came to know about Blackadder when we first discovered it, what we thought of it initially. It's going to be a very short conversation for me because I cannot remember when and how I first saw Blackadder. I believe I must have bought the VHS cassettes. I knew, I know I did or still do have a set of those. Um, but, but when I first heard about it, I really don't remember. Jeff, do you remember when you first heard about Blackadder? Absolutely, because as is going to be my answer for pretty much everything uh, British related that isn't named Monty Python, uh, I saw it in college, uh, and I saw it probably from something that was coming from your VCR. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure those were your copies that uh, that we were watching initially. Well, good. Somehow they fell out of a time warp, uh, landed in my lap, and that's how we. I, I mean, there must be some way I knew about it, but I, I truly cannot remember uh, how I first encountered it. Uh, but here we are. This is going to be a very short, short introduction. Blackadder. Well, that was yeah. short. <laughs> so a little bit more introduction then about Blackadder before we actually go into the show. So uh, Jeff, actually, how would you encapsulate what's going on in the first season here? Well, so what's interesting, and they, they abandon this a little bit um, for later seasons where it has a looser structure, but the first season is interesting and it's its own little... Um, it feels a little different than some of the other seasons for reasons we'll talk about uh, in a little more detail. But one of the main things is that it plays out as an alternate history. So, um, so you know, in, um, in actual history, um, you have uh, 
Richard III, who everybody knows from Shakespeare, that gets uh, gets killed at the Battle of Bosworth Field, and Henry Tudor takes over, and, and uh, yay, rah-rah, uh, everything's fine. Well, um, the conceit of at least the first season of Blackadder is that that is, in fact, not what really happened, and this is the secret history, which, as we find out later on, why it is a secret history or alternate history, uh, as the case may be. It, uh, yeah, is it a secret history? Is it an alternate history? Why is there a divergence here? And, and, um, and that kind of hangs over, um, hangs over the season and is handled in a rather... Uh, a, a rather ingenious way, frankly, um, and uh, and some of the other seasons, you I'd say you need to know less about history on this one. Th- uh, but for this one, it's if you know more about history, they're nice little breadcrumbs. Yeah, you know, I hadn't remembered this whole alternate history angle to it, which uh, now I'm really looking forward to seeing it again because uh, I had completely forgotten that that was a thing. Oh, sorry, uh, spoilers. No, I I don't think it spoils it at all. In fact, I think it kind of enhances it at least for me. Um, this is, of course, um, a sitcom in its its format and execution, so don't feel like you actually need to worry about spoilers or uh, anything of the sort. It's very entertaining and amusing and not at all uh, kind of serial. And I don't really think I remember anything that develops from episode to episode. Do you? Um, not really. I mean, there is kind of an arc to the character, but not uh, a little bit. But uh, for the most part, no. It's it's a sitcom, and and you know, just sit back and enjoy. And as I mentioned, there's there's Easter eggs or things that would mean a bit more if you know a bunch of the history, and it's certainly presented that way. Uh, but if you don't, that doesn't matter in the slightest either. Um, so yeah. So another thing that I I feel we should go ahead and mention now is that um, the character that. Rowan Atkinson plays does change from season to season, sometimes in some pretty radical ways. In this first season, he's, as I recall, at least he's a very kind of sniveling character, like really obsequious and kind of slimy and and just really unpleasant uh, until the second season when his uh, descendant is much more sort of uh, suave and uh, smarmy and bearable. (laughs) Um, and he kind of continues in that vein, I think, for the next two. I think the first season, Blackadder, the character is probably the most repulsive version of himself. Yeah, it's it's very, very odd, um, especially if you've seen the original pilot, which has Blackadder behaving closer to the way that he does in the other seasons. So I don't know why they chose instead to... to uh, kneecap him frankly in that way I, I maybe they felt like that you know putting a, a that he was too strong a character when you have a uh, a king like uh, like the one that you have um, you know if you have Brian Blessed running around chewing scenery it, the other characters aren't going to be snivel aren't going to be smarmy to him they're going to be uh, running for cover I suppose which is <laughs> you know which is not the case if you think about the the monarchs or the other rulers that pop up uh, later on, in fact, I'd say the closest in terms of the really, you know, um, authoritarian screaming, or or, or at least um, uh, that temperament, maybe is is Blackadder goes forth. But even so, that's not an absolute monarch. That's just a general in that particular case, and that that doesn't really fit either. So I I, I can only conclude that they figured that that would work better uh, based on what the uh, other folks were in power, but. Um, it, it's, it's, 
it rarely is somebody's favorite interpretation of the character. And yeah, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, although, you know, it's, it's funny. We say that, um, I, I know Tony Robinson supposedly said that, um, the, the King in the first series is the series saving grace. And, um, nobody ever, nobody ever lost money by, uh, by watching, letting, uh, Brian Blessed chew scenery. Um, <laughs> I, I would happily hand him a wall to, uh, to make a mark in myself. So, uh, I have no problem with that. That's uh, interesting. It, I, I know that you uh, probably are aware of more of the lore of this, uh, this particular show than I am. Um, you may remember, if you listen to our Young Ones episodes, we were kind of willfully not doing any particular research while it was going on, relying entirely on our memory because that season was so much about kind of our experience with that weird show and the ways it had sort of sunk into our psyche uh, without actually knowing that much about what was going on. With Blackadder, um, we might, you know, consult Wikipedia or something along the way and bring you a few little factoids. Uh, but I think a lot of them will probably come from Jeff because he tends to uh, retain and know these things in the first place. So, Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, pressure. Yeah. I Well, you know, um, for, for a uh, historical comedy to do a little bit of historical research, I suppose... Uh, I suppose it makes sense, uh, but um, let's be honest, it'll mostly be Wikipedia, so, you know. <laughs> well, we'll see. It's always a good starting point. Mm -hmm. Speaking of starting points, uh, maybe we should not exhaust folks' patience and just kind of dive into the episode. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, the pilot that Jeff alluded to uh, is available. The set of Blackadder that I have is called the Ultimate Edition. Maybe it's the same one you have, Jeff, which is... Uh, it's DVD. I have, I, yeah, I have Blackadder, the complete collector set. It does not say Ooh. Ultimate Edition. Uh, you probably have a better version than I did, and I am jealous. Uh, I thought there was one that was called specifically the whole damn dynasty, but um, I mean, it has most of the other stuff on there. It has, it has Christmas Carol. It has mm -hmm. Cavalier Years. Yeah. I don't think it has the first pilot on here. Well, interesting. I believe then I am then I'm throwing this away and picking up <laughs> another version. It is a very nice looking edition. Uh, it would look, look great on your shelf next to Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that sure... other great sitcom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, who's going to scour the Shire this week? Mm -hmm. I, I believe this has the original uh, pilot on it because I have seen it. And this is the only thing apart from those VHSs that I have ever owned of Blackadder. So I saw it on, on YouTube. Uh, it may still be on there, but, uh, but I would rather actually have it in my grubby little hands. Of course. Well, we're not going to watch that now because, uh, you know, given what Jeff has just said, I think the most likely thing people will have is the, uh, the, the episode that they actually went with. But I do encourage you, if you are getting into the show, after you see this original uh, or this, this first episode... By all means, go and watch that extended episode and see what you think. In fact, you could tell us what you think if you've already seen it or if you will see it. We're at Starship Warlock on Twitter, which is the best way to get in touch with us. If for some reason you still email people um, like a psychopath, you can use inbox at starshippodcastwarlock.com. That one does have podcast. Our Twitter doesn't. Um, I say uh, mean things about people email, but I email people all the time. So please don't feel insulted. 
Um, I, I email my parents, who are 92 and 84, respectively, so there you go. Well, I actually WhatsApp my parents, which I never thought would happen, but my sister is uh, is very good at getting people onto technology or getting my parents onto technology. So I, I think that email is about the right amount of safety for my parents. Otherwise, I think I fear for the rabbit holes that they would fall down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the future had, is scary. We should go okay, back to if, the Middle Ages. <laughs> if, if they had their druthers, they would still be using web TV, I'm just saying. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into this. We are going to watch the regular first episode, and we'll talk about it a little bit afterwards. And Jeff and I are now ready to go. I hope you are too. Uh, again, if this is somehow your first episode, the way we do this is we uh, get our DVDs ready to go. Maybe you're just streaming. Maybe it's somehow implanted into your very head. I don't know what it is, but get it going, get it to zero, uh, and then pause it. And then we'll all press play together. Uh, we are watching the first episode, which is called, and I didn't remember this until I saw the menu, The Foretelling. So Jeff, are you ready to watch? I am. All right. Everyone, we'll do three, two, one, play, and then begin. Three, two, one, Play. Anachronism already. (laughs) Peter Cook, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Ah, this lovely theme. The authors of these change over the years as well, which will be interesting for folks. Yay! We just missed my birthday. Aww.
<laughs> facial expression. <laughs> it's weird how Baldrick seems uh, more intelligent of, well conniving to me like the way he talks to him it's almost like he's plotting against him Somebody give him a set to chew. <laughs> uh, do you notice the little tongue thing that Rowan Atkinson does? The snake thing? Yeah, I never really noticed that before. He's a Death Eater. Um, That's Henry V. <laughs> so much about history was changed for us. He looks like Michael Jackson in the Dangerous video. I'm not touching that one. <laughs> Hopefully nobody is. <laughs> I do feel like his mother is kind of in the um, the vein of uh, Nursey in the second season. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I do remember on seeing this the first time thinking, oh, well, this explains why Mr. Bean doesn't speak. <laughs> Oh, because you thought he talked like this all the time? Yes. <laughs> and it's just me or just a little bit of Sylvester McCoy in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of the blue? <laughs> and thus was Weekend at Bernie's born. <laughs> I do enjoy the period organs in this. Oh, yes. Although it actually plays a bit like um, early 80s Doctor Who music, I think. It does, yes. I mean, I it's forget. the right era. This was 1983, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so we're into Davison era, I guess, right? Yeah. M Middle Davison. Can we do a crossover between Black Adder and Black Orchid? That's <laughs> in between the third and fourth season.
It's a weird angled set. Is she I Dutch? I think you mean cunning plan. Looks like the visitation of the Doctor Who reference. Well, that was the London Fire, right? So that's mm -hmm. a couple centuries later. Yeah.
Notice his hair is different. It's not a bowl cut anymore. Oh, yeah. Got a little messed up. Was it shaped like a thingy? <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. like a credit card commercial. You know, it's interesting to note, of course, that um, different characters, different actors pop up in uh, different seasons. It's telling that a lot of the main characters in this one do not pop up in later seasons by comparison. Oh, yes.
It's interesting that, of course, Tim McInerney now does uh, mostly serious work, like Game of Thrones. Yep. He got tired of playing the fop. I think you mean a cutting plan. In fact, in this one, Percy is noticeably stupider than Baldrick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that Carter looks familiar from many seasons. Yes. Or I will taunt you a second time. <laughs> like Patrick Troughton's from Power of the Daleks.
Yes, Peter Cook, shake your gory locks at him. Edmund's getting some head. <laughs> Not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Chin chin. It's got a bit of a Snape voice going on. Or vice versa. Ah, that's why he shouts so much. <laughs> We're just good friends. <laughs> God. And there's Harry Potter, and there's Sansa Stark. <laughs>
<laughs> Shaggy. probably the wildest hair that he's ever had <laughs> i feel like it suits his personality very well oh for sure <laughs> You're not helping, Richard. He's a dick. <laughs> Look, it's the old man from scene 24. <laughs> oh, no. Once again, we've wandered into the wrong Shakespeare play. <laughs> All hail, McVivian! The one in the middle is from Blackadder 2, I think. Oh, I think you might be right. I feel like whoever is saying this saying <laughs> something in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the cartoon, you mean? Yes, that must be it. It's uh, Glenn Yarborough. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. 
Maybe thinking of the BBC Lord of the Rings adaptation, uh, somebody singing about shadow facts when uh, Gandalf oh, first serious? acquires him. Uh, seriously, I need to pull it up. There, There is some very weird singing going on for that. Richard Chamberlain is sound. I didn't know he did sound. <laughs> John Lloyd, who produced the latter series of Hitchhikers, as I recall, among other things. Yeah, just about everything, really. <laughs> well, okay, that was the first episode of Blackadder. And I'm quitting yep. out of my video program because it keeps wanting to play the theme at me. Yep. Uh, it keeps, yeah, it started to play the second episode for me, actually. So, oh, all right. Well, I'm uh, what did ready you to go on just yet? What did you think, Jeff? Well, um, you know, I mean, it is all set up for the most part, and yes. uh, and I, I feel like it's promising as set up in terms of actual humor. Ha ha, um, not so much. Uh, like I said, mm -hmm. um, I, I can watch Brian Blessed chew just about anything, um, mouth open <laughs> or closed. Um, Good lord! But but uh, and you know, it's nice to see uh, Peter Cook, another veteran um, uh, British comic, back from the. Um, uh, you know, 50s and 60s, the Beyond the Fringe with Dudley Cook. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not w one of the funniest episodes. It's, it's, uh, they have nowhere to go but up, uh, is the way I feel <laughs> on that. So it, it was a it's, pleasant, it's a pleasant way, and it's a good introduction to the themes of the show. And as I said to the, uh, the, uh, fake history, I actually forgot the fact that they pretty much lay it all out in front at the very beginning of the episode. Oh, yes. Um, which which I think is actually kind of brilliant in that regard. Um, although at first I would have said, well, I, I'd like the idea if you were sitting there and not knowing what's going on and sitting there and going, wait, this doesn't make sense, what's actually happening? But they, they pretty much give you the entire thing right then and there. Although, uh, although for the real ending and how we get from here to there, um, we find out rather definitively in the last episode of the season... Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's, it is great as scene setting and that's about it. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, I think, uh, I, when I said at the beginning of this, it has kind of a sitcom format. I, I don't think this, I suppose later episodes in this season do, uh, but certainly not this one. Uh, this one definitely plays as like the comic first episode of a thing. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, well, here's another wacky thing that happens in this castle with these people. I mean, there are bits that feel, you know, the, uh, Edmund, how many people did you kill? You know, that, that bit almost feels like yes. something that would be in, in, in bits from later episodes of the series, I suppose. That, okay, we're throwing an actual comedy bit in here as opposed to just uh, plot to try and set things up ahead of time. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, either either Richard III or, um, or Henry Tudor. Like, I mean, they're not particularly memorable characters. I mean, you know, his mother is, and certainly, certainly, again, I point back to Brian Blessed. He's probably the most uh, 
memorable, like I said, of all of them. But otherwise, they just feel like there's stuff to move the plot along at this point, and that's perfectly fine. I, I almost think that a good comparison that this be, uh, especially for British comedy in its own way, although it's in a different medium, uh, if you're familiar with Terry Pratchett, that, you know... Um, the Color of Magic and the Light Fantastic, oh, yes. the, the first two books kind of set the scene and set the series, but they don't really get into the humor and things like that until kind of midway through the second book at that point. So it's kind of setting up, you know, we've talked about for uh, for the young ones how, you know, there's a pilot and how it kind of um, set things up and there were things they were trying to figure out. I, I would say for this one, you know, we'll have to take a look over the the latter episodes of the season to say how much the the other ones feel connected or disconnected to the other ones. I, I think from memory that the, they do feel connected to the other ones. It doesn't feel like it came out of, or sprung from a completely different place. Um, it's just the fact that this one is less interested in doing in doing the the jokes and more interested in uh, in scene setting and and. Um, it's more funny as a as a high concept than funny as as uh, one liners. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think it's funny how, um, like, when we were doing the young ones, it's it's hard for me to come up with a reason why someone who's never seen it and has no connection to any of the the actors that are in it, et cetera, et cetera, should should watch it in a way because. Although I think it's very funny, it's you know it's it's kind of inconsequential in a way. And the interesting thing about Blackadder is that, uh, I mean, it's still inconsequential, but it it has that historical connection of being uh, kind of interesting for a reason other than here's some funny comedians in a sitcom. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's bits of it where you can see, okay, to what extent is this a parody of uh, of other BBC? TV shows that dramatize certain bits of history, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and in which case, it's not going for okay. This is just a sitcom and jokes. It's 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 parroting that particular form. Um, uh, you know, I, I think oddly enough, uh, that sh- that may pop up the most obviously in the um, opening credits for the second season where it's uh, a little bit of an I Claudius opening parody. Uh, oh, which, yes. You know, you know, I mean, e- even though obviously this has nothing to do with that particular area of history, you know, we're not dealing with the Romans here, but uh, but uh, that's the one bit where I actually feel like um, it's a parody of that sort of thing. Or, you know, certainly this was enough parody of Shakespeare, you know, um, from the, you know, obviously the, the um, now is the summer of our content. Uh, <laughs> yes. All the, all the way to him pulling uh, bits of the St. Crispin Day speech from Henry V. Again, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, humorous little Easter eggs, I think, for people that are, that are, um, uh, that know that sort of thing. Um, so Peter Cook as Richard III, why, I mean, this might seem a strange question. Why do you think they brought Peter Cook into it? Uh, well, I mean that's that's an interesting question. Uh, it's certainly the case that um, you know. I, I, well, actually, let's look at Brian Blessed first to, to answer that question, right? I mean, um, Brian Blessed, uh, who'd certainly done tons of Shakespeare in addition to being in I Claudius, um, no, without, yes. the be- without the beard, which is really really strange to see him. In. Uh, <laughs> but that I mean, you know, it's it's only natural I think to pull him in. To something like this, which is somebody that, uh, although he can do humor, is mainly known for bombastic Shakespeare, and that's exactly what they've slotted him into here. Uh, Peter Cook, by comparison, is, uh, you know, he's a comedian, right? But, I mean, um, 
even so, he plays it fairly straight for the most part. I mean, uh, okay, uh, making enough sarcastic remarks of, of why you've killed me or whatever, but... Um, uh, and the fact that he's an imposing figure. Peter Cook is actually quite tall. I remember... Mm, yes. Um, I, I remember uh, there's a book... Um, I don't remember if it was Neil Gaiman writing um, Don't Panic, A History of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy way before Gaiman had ever done Sandman, or if it was um, Kim Robinson's uh, first 20 years of Monty Python. Uh, it, but they noted the fact that a lot of... Um, I, I think it was Gaiman that noted this, that... Uh, oddly enough, a lot of British comedian of those of that era were actually quite tall. Oh Cle- yes, Cleese and Chapman are way over six feet. I mm-hmm. think Douglas Adams was over six feet. Yeah, um, and and Peter Cook also is is over six feet. Somebody made a comment of this person is as opposed to being six two is only is, is instead of being six six is only six two and is therefore uh, four inches less funny. <laughs> but um, you know. Um, and you know Rowan Atkinson, I think by comparison, is not that tall. So uh, right, I, I think you you had somebody that obviously, even if he's playing essentially a straight man, knows how to play this sort of stuff fairly well. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think. I, I haven't. I, I have Beyond the Fringe, the the radio series. You know, it was a it was a uh, West End review in the '60s that that him and Peter uh, and uh, Dudley Moore did. And I think Dudley Moore was probably more of the the wacky, crazy person, and Peter Cook probably mm-hmm. was closer to the straight man. Um, but, uh, um, you know, that they, they got an established comedian when you're pulling in an established TV show or starting a new TV show. And I suspect for something like this, they wanted established names, um, and somebody that would know the comedy. Um, but again, it's not the mugging for the camera type of comedy. I think Mm -hmm. it's playing it, playing it fairly straightly. So you, you could put a character in that role of Richard the third that was, not actually strictly a comedian. Um, I mean, it's interesting. He's being called upon to do again the Shakespeare pastiche and 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 uh, you know the being slightly ticked at having his uh, head cut off, I suppose, um, and playing the the Banco Row role essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all of which is a roundabout way to saying why cast him. I don't know. He's tall and knows comedy. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think you hit on it in the middle of that, which is, you know, this was uh, the first episode of a new series. I don't even know. I mean, we will certainly know by the time we do the next episode, but I don't really know uh, if this was kind of the first big thing Rowan Atkinson did. Surely it wasn't. Um, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember if Mr. Bean was before this. Um, good question. I'm. I'm surely not sure. it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, because Mr. Bean, I think, has also been around for a very long time. And, and also, you know, I, I'm struck not so much with this series, but it's certainly the second se- series where he's, and beyond, where he's much more, you know, sarcastic and higher status, and it's interesting, as opposed to the Mr. Bean, you know, put-upon character on the world. Uh, you know, I, I, I've said that Mr. Bean is kind of the, the you know, little tramp of British comedy in his own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in a way, the fact that they made Blackadder a little more sniveling in this one is maybe closer in terms of making him lower status to the Mr. Bean character. But it's mm-hmm. funny because I, I tend to think of Rowan Atkinson much more as the, along the smarmy lines, um, you know, uh, in terms of other things that he's done. And we'll talk about what other, what other things, including, you know, Lion King or whatever. But if you want to see something interesting, go and look up Rowan Atkinson uh, doing, um, uh, I'm trying to think. What it was, I remember remarking with Rick Mayall when when Rick was playing uh, King Herod, and I'm trying to remember if Rowan Atkinson has also done that, or if I'm thinking of his 
turn doing Tenardier in in um, if he did that. I I, I think I, I I think I'm wrong. I think it's Herod. Um, I I need to look that up at some point. That again, something that's closer to a Blackadder character character than to his Mister Bean character. That does feel right. Um, it'll be interesting to confirm that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm getting back to is I think what you said about having, you know, this famous comedian come in and, and basically, uh, usher it in. I'm not sure how huge Brian Blessed was. I know he'd done, hmm. well, he'd done Blake seven by this time. <laughs> and uh, well, he, yeah. I, I Claudius was done before 83 yeah, or was it after? That, yeah. Uh, I Claudius was like 76. That was seventies. Um, Oh gosh, yeah, a long time before yeah, that. And yeah, so and it's certainly been you know Royal Shakespeare by that point. Um, by the way, uh, Rowan Atkinson also, if you remember, not the nine o'clock news. Oh yes, uh, I believe that was late seventies. So I think he had been in there too, and probably one of the more well-known people from that. Although I don't know how how well-known was well-known, but um, yeah, I mean yeah. it probably didn't hurt then having Blessed and Cook in there uh, as well as Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I mean, I find this enjoyable. I, I will say that I find Edmund a little harder to stomach now than I think I ever have. <laughs> I don't know why. I think uh, having seen him probably in the other ones, uh, he's he's much harder to watch in this where he's just actively and like uh, turned up to 11 repulsive. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> I was actually going to comment that like I, I felt – it wasn't nearly as bad as I remember. Maybe that's just because I was expecting it to be that horrible, yeah. I suppose. That that um and you know, I can think of other episodes where you just have his little <laughs> laugh. Oh yes. And I, I don't know, he he may be worse in succeeding episodes, but um I, I wasn't overly um overly upset by that. Oh, well, that's good. I mean that. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I think I think the 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 way he plays this role is brilliant, um, and I think it's uh, it's very appropriate. I think to the type of character that he's trying to be. So it's it's nice that he doesn't have to do it through all of them. But uh, I have no complaints about it here. Yeah. Other than the one I just made. Hmm. Well, well, I have nothing uh, to say to that. <laughs> cool. So, uh, well, that's the first episode of Black Adder. We will, of course, be back with the second one in the next episode of. Season two of uh, Starship Podcast Warlock. Uh, again, you can find us on Twitter at Starship Warlock. You can uh, email us uh, at inbox at starshippodcastwarlock.com, or you can just yell and hope we'll hear it from wherever we are. Uh, if you're close to one of us, then we will. Not too so, close yeah. because social distancing. Yes, please, please, please keep your social distance. If you're going to yell, wear a mask. Thank We've you. We've just dated this. I'm, it'll have a release date. I don't know why I'm worried about that at all. <laughs> oh, no. I think we'll be wearing masks forever and ever and ever from uh, now on. Clearly. You know what? I, I almost hope so because I have long wanted an excuse to wear a mask in public, and here we are. Well, I, there's only one reason for me to do that. I'm Batman. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's obviously a very uh, sad and, and tragic reason, but there is the upside of masks. So we have to mm -hmm. look for the positive. And on that note, uh, we're going to wrap up and we'll see you next time. Uh, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And this has been Starship Podcast, Podcast Warlock. Warlock.